Hello. Welcome to another episode of Career Perspectives right here on the Superview Show. I am joined by my two good friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? What is hey, good? Hey, everyone. And it's Mr. good to have you both here again, once again, for our, I believe it's our 63rd episode of Career Perspectives. It's crazy. Very crazy indeed. <laughs> Um, no, but as so as the title of this episode of our show uh, alludes to and suggests and whatnot, uh, we've been spinning the wheel quite a bit, and we we we, we refilled the wheel with our different album, different albums we chose. Um, I believe Mike chose this one, chose this one, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, we, we're basing our list off of uh, Rolling Stone magazine's top, I think, 500 greatest albums of all time list um, that they had listed, and we started picking some albums from that list that we want to discuss and uh this one as the title suggests we're talking about the rise and fall of ziggy stardust and the spiders of mars from 1972 by david bowie um this album as i said came out in 1972 long time ago oh, oh, oh it's 51 years old i think as of like um november or december i forget but yeah it's um this, but this is Mike's pick. I'll let him go first and share his, I guess, uh, initial impressions and whatnot, too. So, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, I've uh, always been a big fan of uh, David Bowie. I've always, uh, you know, had the whole greatest hits, um, you know, music on my uh, playing on my playlist. And I'm just very familiar with a lot of uh, the hit songs. But I I am once again, this, I'm taking this journey as an album guy. Um, and, you know, doing this channel with everybody has definitely helped me to kind of, um, you know, reignite the album. I feel like in today's climate, the album is slowly dying. And like, I've always been a fan of albums. I'm the kind of person who gets let down pretty hard and doesn't like take that well. So I tend not to listen to an album of an artist because I, I fear that I'm just not going to like a good amount of the music and that basically like um i'll lose interest and in, you know whatever so it's been very difficult for me to listen to an entire album of an artist that that cringe that feeling that i'm just not gonna be happy with everything and um but when i listen to a best of i'm i know what i i'm gonna get and it's kind of a a guilty you know pleasure of mine just to kind of like um be in control of like the experience rather than just let the control go and enjoy an album for what it is so it's it's kind of it's tough but it's also been rewarding because i found a lot of good music so um you know taking that that discussion and applying it to this um this was an album that i've always wanted to listen to i just never got around to listening to it so um, and, you know, for the most part, I knew what I was getting into because I love David Bowie. So um, this album started off uh, pretty good. It started off a little slow for me, um, not not uh, like punching me in the face or right off the bat. Um, but once again, still not disappointing. Just um, the first uh, two songs here, five years um, uh, was a seven and a half for me. Um, I love the building intensity of it. I love the orchestra. And one thing about David Bowie that I've always been a fan of is his ability to blend many different kind of things going on you know he's got the the rock he's got some of the you know kind of like uh you know the orchestral stuff going on um he's got uh you know a little bit of this a little bit of that you know um theatrical stuff you know um i like that i like his ability to blend many different things but one thing is sure he's always kept a good spirit of rock and like kind of like um, you know, just a bluesy kind of, um, you know, funky 
uh, style that kind of mixes up with a whole bunch of other elements brought in by, um, you know, the other instruments and the horns and the, um, you know, saxophone. He's always been a avid, uh, you know, kind of um, fan of, of bringing in the saxophone and other kinds of instruments that bring some color. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, it captures a lot of different, different spirits in this album. Um, yeah. So first one, it was pretty good. It, it started a little slow for me. It was, uh, it was, it was just kind of a, kind of a cool laid back kind of song. Um, the lyrics are kind of cool. And that first one is talking about, well, it just kind of seemed like it was like about um, like the world is basically dying or the world is going uh, away and, and everybody's kind of like living their lives out and just kind of like, you know, documenting that and just kind of like talking about the different things going on. I like the concept. It was cool. Um, now coming down to soul love, uh, for number two, another seven and a half for me. I was just like so, kind of a simple catchy, uh, you know, um, um, melody, but it didn't really deviate much. It kind of just was, uh, you know, it, it, you know what you you got from the get go, and it didn't throw you any curveballs. So you know, yeah, we're starting off a little slow here. So soul love, um, yeah, seven and a half. Uh, and then we come down to Moon Age Dream, and this one, this one was awesome. This was my first uh, experience of a song I'd never heard of. Um, just kind of reminding me of uh, Ziggy Stardust, uh, the the song Ziggy Stardust, and um, and basically uh, it just has. It just has some cool stuff going on. There's this cool little music section in the middle that totally with the horns. Oh mm -hmm. man, I love that. That was like right up my alley musically. Uh, what I what I wanted from an album that has orchestrals in it is to is to kind of let the or orchestra have its own part. And not a lot of music will do that because it kind of you know they the audience might not be wanting something like that especially in the rock genre but that little music section in the middle amazing and just an awesome song i love how it closes with that solo oh it makes it so epic a uh, nine out of ten for me this was uh this was the, the beginning of like the peaks here as we come up to starman one of my favorite songs of all time this is an 11 out of 10 for me uh one of my favorite uh choruses uh, one of my favorite um, orchestral accompaniments, along with that acoustic guitar, kind of gives you that Beatles feel, that moody blues kind of feel, kind of coming through this song. Um, just kind of got that groovy, honky-tonk kind of rock feel as well. Lots of things going on in this song. Um, you know, just kind of got a cool uh, production on it, too. It just makes you really feel like the music belonged in the time and that even out... Uh, coming in today's music of like over electronic over um or uh you know robotic over kind of like uh synthetic feeling that this uh song felt very organic and like uh, uh it belonged to this time and that um even in today you could uh admire what was going on in this song just an amazing song overall once again favorite choruses of all time uh yeah starman is 11 out of 10. So then we come down to It Ain't Easy. This is a bluesy kind of, almost reminded me of Uriah Heep, actually. Um, uh, very bluesy, very kind of like, uh, you know, just kickback, uh, southern rock feeling, 70s rock feeling. Um, you know, the harmonized guitars are a good touch here. Um, kind of a little repetitive, but like, I feel like it's okay because it calls for that and it, does it well without kind of like um presenting something that's annoying it's just a little you know it's just a kind of one of those songs that just reuses its line so um which is fine to me eight out of ten 
good bluesy feel. Um, and then we come down to Lady Stardust. Uh, this is such a remind me so much of Elton John um, or, you know, like uh, in, in that realm, just kind of like someone singing along to their piano and just kind of telling a story. Um, yeah, this is a nine out of ten. I would really enjoyed this song. The piano really just um, creates a, a nice little midway point here to the album and just kind of telling a story. Um, and then we come into Star. This is probably my least favorite uh song on the album um it's rocking it's got it's got that rocking feel to it straight to the point it's got the rock opera feel but it's a little it's just a little not my uh style when it comes to um the things that are presented on this album um it's got a little bit of that rockabilly feel to it um just kind of a simple straightforward rocking song not bad just um, one of the lower points of the album that I was kind of like, we hit some high peaks with Starman and and Moon Age Dream and It Ain't Easy and, and Lady Stardust. And then you kind of, you know, this one's kind of on the down uh, sl uh, slope here. Uh, Hang On To Yourself, uh, great. Has that California rock feel to it, um, that rockabilly feel to it. Uh, um, vocals are the most different thing on this album. And I think that's a great thing. When, it, when, a, when a song can separate itself from the entire album, that's something David Bowie has done very well. One minute he sounds kind of Beatles sounding, then the next minute he sounds like, uh, you know, a completely different style vocal, you know, uh, and he'll continue that later on um, with another song towards the end. Um, just completely sounds different. And I love that. That keeps you interested. Um, and uh, I enjoyed this song uh, very much, too. So that was an eight out of ten um ziggy startup i mean this is a 10 out of 10 that guitar riff i love that guitar that rocking guitar riff throughout the main part of the song it's got that real classic rock feeling great lyrics overall great song um yes 10 out of 10 and then uh i don't even know how to say that word suffragette suffragette wow jt got it yeah i know i was gonna say i pull i pulled the jt for this part and i and i have to having you yeah, after having <laughs> like a hundred different albums where I've had to correct him, finally I uh, appreciate the uh, having a night off. But uh, um, yeah, this one is uh, a great song. I've always, I always thought it was uh, the Rolling Stones back in the day when I'd hear it. I'm always like, oh, it's the Rolling Stones, and someone's like, no, it's not. That's not the Rolling Stone. That's David Bowie. I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like anything like David Bowie. He was di a dynamic performer, man. He had so many different style vocals, so many different style types of songs. Um, just a great, great song. It's just got that um, rocking guitar playing. Sits well with the horns and the band in the background. I've always loved this song um, and mistakenly thought it was the Stones um, for a long time. And then, you know, I like keep telling myself, no, no, that's Bowie. And Bowie is like, he's, you know, he's everything and he's nothing. You know, he can be... Uh, all kinds of different styles, all kinds of different, um, uh, you know, vibes he brings. Um, and then we kind of close it out with a song I actually kind of think um, would have been better to help uh, pace out some of these songs towards the beginning and middle. Um, and I, uh, as a closer, I didn't really love it as a closer, but I still loved it as a song. I kind of wish like, um, you know, there was a, uh, one of the other songs uh, had kind of closed out the album, but Rock and Roll Suicide, um, it's got that Bob Dylan feeling. Um, it's definitely got like, uh, you know, just kind of telling the story of, you know, you know, of the character and the, the whole theme of everything. Um, it really rides along with that orchestra. Um, it's a little shorter than I would have wanted it to. I wanted more from it. I kind of feel like um, 
I actually kind of feel like the first song would have been more of an interesting ending than this song. Um, but um, overall, I just love that acoustical, like how it starts out acoustical and kind of like quiet and then it like kicks into gear. I enjoy that uh, aspect of it. Um, that's an eight out of 10 for me. So, I mean, there were really no songs on this that dipped below anything like below a seven 7.5 that was like the lowest i'd give it at any point but there's just a whole bunch of songs that i love on my playlist from this album on my playlist i would most definitely have uh starman most definitely have um uh siggy stardust you know um and just a bunch of others but now like i look i look here and you know, like i think i might put lady stardust on there might put my moon age dream as well so it just goes to show you, not always the playlists, uh, the best ofs are the best of the of the artists. So um, for me, this album sitting at an 8.6 out of 10, uh, this is a great album. Uh, you know, it's definitely it's definitely got uh, everything you want in an album. And it's just got a lot of different things going on musically. Um, uh, I forget what they're calling this, the genre that they said he was kind of using was a glam something or proto pop on one side. Let me see. Yeah. There's some terms thrown I mean, around. This is always like always claimed to be like the start of like that whole glam, the whole yeah. glam rock trend. Right yeah. Glam rock, glam proto punk, which is definitely yeah, right. Something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, great album. And uh, I love, I just overall love the, everything that it's bringing. So yeah, sure. Cool. Um, do you want me to go next? Hey, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, uh, sure, why not? Let me uh, shed some light on some Bowie. Uh, I am. Um, I'm not. Let me start by saying this. I, I enjoy Bowie's music. I mean, I'm not like the biggest like I'm not like a Bowie fanatic. I mean, I, I enjoy a lot of his stuff. Like I like I mean, the, the hits. I mean, I've always known like changes and like and um, let's dance and modern love, you know, a lot, a lot of his bigger hits. But this was an album that definitely I feel like had it cemented on it really touched on like how like as Mike said, believe it or not, he took he took the words right out of my mouth truthfully. I was gonna say, not every best of on Spotify, not every best of or greatest hits has all of the best hits in your and it may not be in your eyes. So th- uh, this was an eye opener for me, truthfully. Um, I do ha- this is uh, might shock either one of you. When I was listening to it, I did listen to it on vinyl because i have a i have an lp copy of it so i was listening to it in full in its original format which really made me feel like listening to it from from like actually like flipping the vinyl over and stuff like that that really helped me out by listening to it sitting down just sitting down here and like where i'm recording and i'm like wow i just listened to that so that's my going into my david bowie you know ziggy stardust and the spiders of mars spiders from mars album i was very much like i listened to it on in its original format uh just like the way you would have back in not like you but like how people would have listened to it back in the 70s so i wanted to get that experience and i definitely felt i got something from it uh with that let me jump down let me jump, jump down to the tracks for a second um to mike's point that this album does start out very um slow i i do agree with him on that it's by no short i mean i'll, I'll take, give my rating towards the end but yeah um, I, I'm actually going to do something a little rare tonight myself. I'm going to go track by track as well. Um, so the I'm the start off kind of slow with five years and soul love. These are not bad songs whatsoever. They're just a little slower. They're just um, they just start off a little bit like slower. And they they in my opinion, 
they almost like built up to like the songs like Starman or Moon Age Daydream or Ziggy Stardust, you know, title track and whatnot. But like those are um, the fact that we had like two slow songs that no one's really ever heard of with five years and uh, so love that kind of kick off the record um, that really opened my eyes. I'm like, all right. And I, 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 I knew a bunch of songs off this record, but I didn't re- but listening to it from start to finish was a different experience for me. And I'm all about experiences. I'm all about record, you know, listening to vinyl or listening to an album from start to finish. I've tried, I've said that numerous times on my YouTube channel. I've said it before. I'll say it again. And one of the best experiences you can ever have is listening to an album from start to finish, especially from the 60s, 70s, 80s, etc. Uh, and this is a testament of that, in my opinion. So the, the album does start off kind of slow, like with four or five years and, and soul love. But I'm surprised Mike never heard of Mune's Daydream before because Mune's Daydream, was, I mean, the, I was exposed to it in 2014. Uh, Marvel Studios put out a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like, you know, it's it's a Marvel you know superhero movie, whatever. But they oh, feature that, that song that in the movie. It. Never that heard of it. it. I cannot stand Marvel. I want to go on record. Uh, I hate Marvel. I hate Disney. Uh, so uh, everyone okay. listening. My address is all right, but anyway, <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, I just wanted like, to put that out there. So don't don't give out your address. But I I remember watching the movie, like, oh my god, there's that David Bowie song, Moon Age Daydream, and that's my that was my first exposure to that song, and then I got hooked on it. Like I agree, like there's so much there's so much going on in that one song alone. It's like you almost just want to listen to it. Like obviously you want, we were telling you to listen to the album from start to finish, but Moon Age Daydream is one of those songs where it's like just a phenomenal track that just you know it has so much going on in it, like little like. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if those the interlude you were talking about were horns or not. I'm like, like it might have been like a flute or something like that. You know, it could have been anything. Oh, yeah, it was definitely. It was it's definitely uh, got some uh, saxophone. It's yeah. a saxophone. There's definitely with, flute in there, though. Yeah, yeah, flute, yeah. saxophone, um, and like a, kind of a maybe even a horn of some sort, like a like a English horn. I don't know what what kind of instruments are. You know, we could even look into that. Right now, yeah, we can click on it and see if what, what kind of instruments were on the track. We'll take a um, step really quick. Yeah, I'll see. I'll take a little step. Uh, let's see um, here. Go down. Keep going down. I just want to see the uh, saxophone. It says, uh, um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a saxophone uh, interlude. I love it. I love that. Uh, a penny whistle. Oh, it was a flute. It's a penny whistle flute. Yep. Hey, there you go. Kyle's got the ear for the flute. Got a He's got to be here for the flute. <laughs> oh yeah, my I god! Too. Um, oh. but yeah, that's a little background on Moon Age Moon Age Daydream. I I do enjoy the track quite a bit. My like I said, my first exposure was it to, my first exposure to it was in 2014 when I'm sitting down in the theaters watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which by the has a though all three of those movies have great soundtracks. I mean, even if you're not a fan of Marvel, the soundtracks of those movies are phenomenal. Uh, I will say that, like the actual like the songs they choose are just great. Um. But Moon is Daydream. I mean, it's killer track. I, I, I'm gonna to Mike's point about the fade out is like it leaves you wanting more almost, but it's so like desirable, whatever. And Starman, come on, David Bowie's been referred to as the Starman since even his mm. passing. You know, he's always, always been referred to as the Starman. He's an iconic. It's an iconic song, iconic piece of music in general. It's probably arguably one of his best songs. Period. Um, I will say that. And you're right. You you do get like some Beatles. You do get some like early 70s like almost like a wings or a moody blues vibe to it i, I do agree with you on that uh and side two ladies oh, sorry it ain't easy it's a good track i like it uh nothing too much to say there truthfully um but lady stardust and star you know side two opens up and hang on to your hang on to yourself was a bit like a, a, a little slower for me of course but, but i i still enjoyed it you know no matter what um what it's worth 
Uh, and Ziggy starters, that riff, it's funny. I could have sworn when I saw Green Day on the Hell of Megator, before they played When I Come Around, I could have sworn I heard the Ziggy Stardust riff in there at some point. Because <laughs> I, I, I've seen... Probably the, I, he plays it with his um with the cover-ups a lot. Yeah. And, and played I, it on the, the long shot tour years ago. I, I was about to say, because I've, I've seen him do... Uh, on YouTube, like before I saw them live, I saw like you know Green Day and Billy Armstrong play the Ziggy Stardust riff before they would play like When I Come Around or stuff like that. Uh, that's one of those songs that they tied into. T- they would tie into one of their songs. So I was like, oh, that's Ziggy Stardust. I know that song. <laughs> um, and Ziggy Stardust, great track in general, just a great song, a, just such a great like riff in general too. All kind of like almost like a Moonage Daydream riff too, like uh, sort of, um, but not quite like the same. It's not the same riff, of course, but it's it's similar. Uh, Suffragette City, for for whatever reason, Suffragette City. I've always remember listening to like our local radio station where we are. I'm not disclosing where we are, but I will say, um, I remember the local radio station playing this one track all the time, and I remember saying, "Why is that one tagline so effing annoying?" Wham, bam, where did it? Whatever it was in there, I was like, <laughs> "What the hell is that?" Anyways, it, it got annoying. But then I listening to it again, I was like, "Oh my god, I found a new respect for it." Because originally, originally, I didn't like it. But then listening to it again, you know, going up to our our our, our, our um broadcast, I really I found a new respect for it. Like I actually like really liked it more than I thought I would because I remember hearing that one little part of it like on classic rock radio stations like, you know, around the area, and I was like, man, can't they just like, what is that? It's just it was just weird. I didn't like it at the time. Now I've kind of like grown to like a lot of that stuff. So it, it almost just, reminds me of Kiss too. Um, like yeah. uh, some of their. Uh, you know, I love rock and roll and, you know, like kind of like that album, you know, from their earlier days, like kind of reminds me of like where Kiss might have, you know. Like pulled some influence from, yeah, like Deuce or Strutter. Sure, right, yeah. yeah. Um, Rock and Roll Suicide, not a bad song at all, Like, but I will say it's actually a really, excuse me, uh, I thought I thought it was a nice touch, a a nice way to end the album. Nothing super special, nothing super crazy, but it was a good ending in general. I liked it. Um, But yeah, um, so there's my impressions track listing, my rating for this album. I'm going to go a little lower than Mike, but not super low. I'm going with a 7.75 out of 10. Only because I, yes, it's one of the, it's received accolades and whatnot. Yes, it's received, where am I going? Uh, yes, it's received accolades and whatnot. It's been regarded as one of the best albums of all time and stuff like that. Um, to me, it is, um, the songs still hold up, like Starman would still hold up today. And Moon Age Daydream still holds up today. Um, and stuff like that. But I will say this is um, this if you're looking for an album from the 70s or that time period, um, that's kind of like maybe out of your comfort zone or out of like your wheelhouse. This is one I, I was I would recommend to someone like if someone said to me, hey, you know, I'm looking for a new album to listen to from the 70s. I, I would probably given my recent listen, I would probably say Ziggy Stardust and the Sweaters from Mars, um, truthfully. Yeah, so I'm sitting at a 7.75 out of 10 because it's it's not quite an eight. Like an eight is like, you know, it's it's. It had like a couple more like not bangers, but like a, a couple or hits for that matter either. Just a little bit more of like a, oh, that's a great standout track. or that's a great standout track. It had those, but it didn't have like quite enough to make it an eight for me. So I'm putting it at a 7.75 out of 10. That's where I'm sitting at. And at last but not least, we have the Q-Man. Kyle, Q-Man. what do you got for uh, this? uh pick for us from david bowie's rise and fall of ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars all right you're making me do this all right it's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be you, the you, villain you've done it to me okay so oh much like jt i've never been 
you know, huge into Bowie. I, out of all of us, I think I'm the least into Bowie here. Yeah. Uh, never been a big fan outside of a select few songs. Just not my style of music. Um, if you've listened to us long enough, you could probably put it together that the 70s, not my favorite uh, decade for music. It's not wasn't a huge fan of the sounds going on at the time. I would honestly put the 60s over what was going on in the 70s, more particularly the early 70s. And this falls into a lot of those tropes. Uh, I respect this album immensely for what it is. Uh, you know, this is a huge influence on many of the bands I listen to today. Uh, you know, ever since it came out as an influence on everyone, it, you know, really started off that whole glam rock uh, era. And yeah, as the both of you said, I think the one thing we all will agree on here is that the beginning of this album is slow as hell. Uh, when I started listening to it, really got me worried because I was like, oh, crap, this is going to be one of those albums for me. Uh, but five years actually grew on me toward the end. Uh, that one's actually a six for me. I it just the beginning of it just didn't do anything for me. But I like the way that it slowly builds up throughout the track until you get to the end and it's just really going. I really like that. That was good. The orchestration is great. And that's like throughout the album. Great orchestration. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I, this could just be the version I listened to. I actually listened to the uh, he's the 2012 remastered version. Yeah, me too. Uh, that one too. Yep. The vocals. I don't know if it's just that version are so low in the mix oh yeah that it drove me nuts especially on the first half of the album once you get past that it's a little bit better but there are certain tracks on here that i was straining to hear the vocals and i'm like what what's he saying like what what's going <laughs> on here and that I, I don't like that being a big like vocal guy uh so yeah six out of ten for that one soul love easily least favorite on the album didn't do anything for me. This one was a four. I actually did not like this one. Uh, and then we continue that trend with Moon Age Daydream. Disagree from the two of you on this one. <laughs> not for me. This is a five out of ten. Uh, I do agree that the that part in the middle there with like the flute we were talking about. I thought that oh, was thanks. cool. Yeah, and the sax, Mike. There you go. Yeah. But, <laughs> Don't forget the sax. Huh? But <laughs> that was the only part that I really liked. The rest of it was just kind of there for me. It's a five out of ten. And then we got to the part here where the album starts to pick up for me. Uh, Starman. I don't like it as much as you guys do. I've never been the biggest fan of it. Has a great chorus, but that's kind of where it ends for me. Uh, seven out of ten. It's a song that I go back to. I would listen to, but it's not, I would put on a playlist, but it's not, you know, not one of my all time favorites or anything like that. Seven on a playlist. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. I'll put sevens on playlists. What kind of playlists you guys? What are you running? <laughs> oh well, it depends what plays we're talking about. That's just my classic you? rock playlist. I hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have plenty of different playlists for songs I like more. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, I have a whole structure in my rating system, Mike. Uh, <laughs> it ain't easy. Is a it's a six. Anything six and below gets put on nothing. Doesn't even get added to my liked songs. Uh, if, you're, if we're talking playlist wise. It's a cool little bluesy track. Just not really, not for me. Uh, Lady Stardust, agree with you, Mike. Really good song. Uh, couldn't get it above a seven for me, though. Uh, same thing, Star. I agree with you. That one's not the strongest on here. Uh, it's a six. I wish it did a little bit more than it en ended up doing. And then we get to finally a good string of songs for me. <laughs> uh, I really like Hang On To Yourself. 
I thought that was the most unique track on the record for sure. Definitely the one that stands out the most as being different. Uh, I really like what he did with the vocals on this one, how he changed that up. Uh, also, I don't know if Mike, if you picked up on this, I don't know if you're a big Ramones fan or anything like mm. that, mm. but the guitar on this mm. mm-hmm. is eerily similar to Pinhead, specifically the song Pinhead, to the point where <laughs> during the song, I was in the car with Christina while we were driving to the to the wedding in Pittsburgh this past weekend, and I was like, all right, hold on. <laughs> we're ending the song. Once it ended, I was like, pull up Pinhead by the Ramones, put it on. I was like, that's where it is. That's the song. <laughs> so, yeah, that one, I'd love to see that influence there, but I couldn't not hear it. And, you know, obviously the song was out first, uh, but that was an eight. I actually really enjoyed that one. Ziggy Stardust, again, I, I like the song. I don't like it as much as either of you, I don't think. It was an eight and a half for me. I couldn't quite get to a nine. The guitar riff, yes, it's great. It's an iconic song. Someone cut, so mic, for me. someone cut his mic. No, okay. <laughs> someone cut his mic. <laughs> well, you'll be happier with this next one. Uh, Suffragette City, best Bowie track, best one, hands down, 10 out of 10. Uh, not only the best track on this record, but his my favorite song of his overall. Uh, it's a great song. Completely agree, Mike. Very uh, Rolling Stones-esque. And it's yeah. from the era of the Stones that I actually liked. Mm. So I actually really enjoy that sound. I wish there was more of it here. It's a nice, fun, upbeat song to really like get the, the mood going. But then it's shot down with rock and roll suicide, <laughs> which is not not my favorite. That's for sure. Uh, worst song from this part of the album. It's a it's a five. It really doesn't do much. I understand why it's the closer in terms of storytelling purposes. But yeah, as an album closure, it really doesn't do much for me. I think I agree with you completely, Mike. I think five years would have been a better sonically wise, mm. a better album closer. <clears throat> yeah. But, it, it, you know, storytelling wise, totally get it. It makes sense for the character and the loose like rock opera he's trying to go for here. Uh, so, I mean, overall, it's not for me. But then again, I'm not huge into that like early 70s rock sound. So for me, it's a 6.5. Oh, the villain! The villain. 100% the villain. Uh, you know, I have immense respect for Bowie. He's just never been someone that I've gravitated to listen to his music. He's one of those artists, kind of like Bob Dylan for me, and, um, and like Lou Reed, where they're an iconic <laughs> artist. I'm not a huge fan of their actual music, but I'm more of a fan of everything that they've influenced just one of those things uh so yeah 6.5 for me do i recommend everyone listen to this album at least once in their life yeah absolutely it's an iconic album probably one of the most iconic of all time <clears throat> completely agree with rolling stone uh placing it on the top 500 list uh for sure absolutely hands down so i'm glad i finally got to listen to it it is one of those albums that i'd never actually listened to in full before and I, you know it was worth a listen even though it wasn't my cup of tea it i think it's a good listen so and what's interesting about this list of music is uh in the same vein as film uh the top 500 films of all time or the, maybe the top 100 films of all time a lot of the films on that list are one of the few the first films to use certain shots to use certain kinds of um to like sh- you show special effects for the first time to like 
uh, have certain things for the first time. And it's a lot mm -hmm. of first times. And uh, because an album is a first times kind of thing or a foundational album or a, or an album that has paved the way for other albums, it doesn't necessarily like mean it's gold. It just means that it was the first it was it was the one that paved the way for um, albums to come to kind of um, yep. use and borrow elements from that. I just happen to love the album, but I can see where if someone doesn't like it because they're um, although they can hear the foundations, they just can't hear the entire songs for what they are. And that's fine because like, you know, like I think that um, when you when you hear this album, like Kyle said, if you refuse to listen to this downright because it's just Bowie or you just make a lame excuse then i fault you because you need to hear it's like going to a museum and seeing where we are how we got to where we are today um if you don't look at where how we got to where we are you can't fully respect how we got here um without paying your respects to the uh albums and the artists who came before and uh some people are very difficulty doing that because they're they like to just get to the end of the race they don't want to see how it was run and sorry folks but uh, in order to really be a music fan, you gotta you gotta do the hard work of going through the the many albums that you know paved the way for um, music today. So um, yeah, it's a good uh, a good listen for um, overall. Even if you don't like it, you, you get something from it <clears throat> for sure. And also talking about firsts of this album, uh, JT, we need you to keep that picture up right now. This yep. album was the first appearance of a Mister. Kanye West. Look at <laughs> oh, Look at that. my oh, God. Foreshadowing. Wow. wow. When was he Not born? Long. Clearly. 10 out well, of 10. Well, after this. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this was like, this was um, predicting his birth. Like, it's like Jesus or something like that. The Simpsons did it. Yeah, Simpsons. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, but I think it's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, did, Kyle, did you want to spin the wheel really quick? Oh, I thought we were, uh, I think we're, we're we... doing the Queens oh, of the yes. Stone Age. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, we were gonna spin the wheel tonight and after our show, but um, Mike wanted to touch on our our next week's show is gonna be uh, the latest. Was it the latest album? The latest, the latest, the, the, the the latest album from Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Um, Times Modern. Yeah. Okay. So that's gonna be yeah. next. Yeah, that's our next album next week is going to be the, the album. I'm sorry, what is it called again? It's called, uh, I think it's Modern Times Roman or okay. Roman Times Modern. Okay, I have to look it up because it's pretty new to me. So. Uh, Kings of the Bronze Age. <laughs> Kings of the Bronze. <laughs> uh, either way, it's the latest Queens of the Stone Age album uh, that came out recently or whatever. Uh, we're going to touch on that next week and then we'll go back to spinning the wheel after that. Uh, for you guys out there listening, um, I want to thank the two gentlemen for doing this podcast with me. Of course, thanks so much, Kyle and Mike. You guys are great, great. And love to have conversation with you guys about it. Um, uh, and uh, also, uh, Kyle, are you still our Q and A podcast is picked up again or no? Uh, nope. In, uh, probably mid August. I think we're talking about bringing it back. Okay, gotcha. Anyways, if you haven't already, check out Q and A podcast. This guy does a great job over there, uh, working his podcast uh, with his dear friend Steve. And they do a great job. Highly recommend you check them out as well. Um, but that it. will do it for us. And um, yeah, of course, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Um, so for all, all of us here for career, career retrospectives, stay safe, take care, and be awesome. <laughs>